This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit mortarboxmedia.com. Welcome to Madison Story Slam, the podcast where we share great stories for you to hear, to learn from, and to grow in community with one another. We're glad to have you. Thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for subscribing. Leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts app or iTunes. That helps people find the show. A higher rating means it's more likely that somebody's going to find the show. And if you want to play a bigger part in what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash madisonstoryslam. Hey, on today's episode, we've got two wonderful stories from two wonderful storytellers. The second story you're going to hear is a great story told by Ryan Hack, and it's about his first love and the trials and tribulations that first love, you know, comes with. So look forward to that. But up first, we've got Graham Callis, who's telling a great story about maybe being a little bit too overprotective of his kids. Want to let you know that our next Story Slam is Friday, February 8th in a team-up with McFarland Public Library. The theme is Best Date, Worst Date. And then on February 16th at the Wilmar Center, our theme is Scars. And March 16th, our theme at the Wilmar Center will be Courage. Looking forward to seeing you there. Go to the Facebook page. Just search Madison Story Slam for more info. All right, that's it. Like I said, first up is my dear friend, Graham Callis. I wasn't willing to shave my head to go full uh, Billy Corgan. Um, Just wasn't going to do that. But I'm close. A few more years, maybe. Uh, So this is my... I want to just say a couple things real quick before I get into my story. This is my first instance of putting myself out there creatively uh, in any kind of medium. So uh, please be kind. Um... Second is that today is my uh, daughter's eighth-year-old birthday, um, and she is a very creative and kind, uh, bright person in my life, and I just want to dedicate this this instance of me putting myself out there to her. So I watched in horror as my son opened up his birthday present from my dad on his fifth birthday. Uh, It was a Nerf gun, uh, and it also came along with a pack of Nerf darts and a tactical vest, which had a spot for each of the Nerf darts and a place for the Nerf gun to go. Now, the reason that this horrified me was because uh, I was now a father. Um, Before I became a father, the world was a very violent and scary place. Now that uh, I was a father, it's still a very scary and violent place. But now I have to raise two small kids in this very scary and violent place. And my way to go about doing that was to uh, try and remove all elements of violence from their lives. I wanted to shelter them. I wanted to not let them play with guns. I wanted to not let them play war. Uh, So that was going to be my strategy to try and shelter them. Um, So... Leading up to uh, this birthday, uh, I was feeling more and more pressure by my son to actually let him play uh, war. 
uh, we were going outside and he was picking up any little stick uh, and it was becoming a sword or it was becoming a pistol. There was a curtain rod that I had thrown away four times and he kept getting it out of the garbage and it was a rifle. Uh, and, you know, there was nothing I could do about it. Uh, I picked him up from daycare one day as teachers came up to me and they said, um, today in craft time, your son made a gun with popsicle sticks and, uh, and cotton balls. He's walked around saying that it was a rocket ship, but he was holding it like a gun and he was pointing it at the other kids in class and he was going bang, bang, bang. We had to tell him to stop that. So we had a talk about that, my son and I. Uh, just this increasing pressure that, and I don't know where he was getting it, but he really wanted to play war, he wanted to play with guns. Uh, so as he's opening this gift, I'm racing these ideas through my mind, how am I going to keep this away from him? How am I going to restrict his play with this toy that I did not want him to initially have? Uh, but by the time I had any kind of solution in my head, he had already had the tactical vest on, he had all the Nerf darts in all of the places, all facing the same way, so he could quickly grab them, throw them into the gun. He, was, he had the gun in his pocket, he was outside in the front yard fighting whatever imaginary evil was besieging our house at that moment. Um, I'm watching him out there, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to reason through this, and I thought back to my childhood, uh, and when I was a kid, and the games that I used to play when I was young. I grew up, most of my childhood, I grew up in the 80s uh, in a, in a medium-sized city in a great neighborhood where many of the kids in that neighborhood were very close to me in age. I was very fortunate for that. And one of the games that we would typically play, in fact, we, we more than typically, we played it a lot, uh, was guns. We played guns. Um, in some neighborhoods, the kids called it war. In other neighborhoods, the kids may have called it soldier. If you commercialized your game of war and you called it G.I. Joe, you know, that was, that was their thing. Uh, we played guns. So a Saturday morning was typically uh, involved cartoons in the morning. Uh, your cartoons ended at about noon when all of the adult programs came on. We didn't want to watch any of those. And then we all went outside. We divvied up the weapons. We divvied up teams. Uh, we argued over who was going to get the best guns, and then we wreaked havoc across the neighborhood with total disregard for anybody's property. Uh, we climbed over fences. We played in other people's garages. Um, you would go through our neighborhood in the afternoon, and you would hear, you know, bang, 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 you're dead. Uh, I got you first. No, I didn't. You didn't get me. I got you first. No, you didn't even. You didn't get me. You didn't even have your gun out of your pocket. How could you possibly shoot me? Somebody driving through our neighborhood would typically see one or two kids standing along the side of the road, uh, kind of looking downtrodden, holding the gun off the, in their hand, and they were counting. They were counting to 30, because the rule was when you got shot, uh, you had to stay in place and count to 30, and then you could get back into the game. Uh, we would do this countless number of Saturdays. It was our, it was our favorite activity to do. Uh, and then one day, uh, my father came home with something that changed the whole landscape of our game of guns. Somewhere, he had found a giant toy bazooka. Uh, it was magnificent. It stood, about, it came up to my chest. It was black. It had this red handle, and you could pump up this air chamber inside of it. 
And when you pulled the trigger, it made this fantastic boom. It was great. Um, I wanted to introduce this new uh, fake weapon into our game uh, under my terms and in the most dramatic way possible. Uh, so we, uh, we assembled like we did Saturday around noon. We assembled like we typically did. We divvied up the guns that were there. We split into teams and we started moving across the neighborhood. And then I mounted my campaign to subtly entice the enemy team into our base, which was my garage. Uh, subtly enticed them into our base so I could get them all into one location. And by subtle, I mean I ran around the neighborhood and I yelled out, hey, my team, we're going to meet in our base in five minutes. Everybody go to our base in five minutes. Come on, my team, we're going to our base. That's what I did to entice the other team. Uh, I had told my team to hide off somewhere, and I hid so that I could see my garage and I could watch when the other team went inside uh, so that I could have my moment. Uh, sure enough, they came by. They went in through the door into the garage. Uh, I had hid the bazooka. I had it all pumped up. I could not possibly put one more pump of air into that chamber. Uh, and I grabbed it. I walked up to the garage. I turned the knob. I opened it just a little bit. I put the bazooka on my shoulder, and I kicked open the door. And in what was my, what was my own say hello to my little friend moment, I shouted into the garage, all of you inside of this garage are now dead, and I pulled the trigger. <laughs> this enormous boom went off, and in my little kid head, in my pretend little kid head, my garage exploded into a million splinters. There was shrapnel everywhere. Bodies went flying. It was fantastic. A glorious moment of pretend war. That was all in my head. Now, in reality, what happened uh, was all of the friends that were in the garage turned and looked at me shocked. Uh, one of them said, that's not fair, you can't do that. Uh, and then they all just counted to 30 and then they were back in the game. Uh, so a couple of things happened at that moment when I pulled that trigger. One is that I realized that I should never fire this thing while it's on my shoulder again uh, because it was really loud and my ear rang for about five minutes. Uh, the other thing that this did was it started a bit of a nuclear escalation uh, in our game of guns uh, from that point forward, uh, which included things like strapping toy Uzis to our BMX bikes and big wheels uh, and engaging ve in vehicular warfare with each other. Uh, also, uh, taking handfuls of crab apples and throwing them as these little tiny bombs at each other. Uh, a soccer ball was considered the big one, which could be rolled into another team's base and destroy the entire building, killing the entire team. Uh, and then uh, this all came to an abrupt halt when one of my friends took a pine cone grenade to the eye. Uh, his mother was not very happy about that, and so we kind of ended the escalation at that point. Uh, so I thought about, I thought about what I had the games that I had played when I was a kid, playing guns as, much, as often as I did. Uh, and I started to think about it, and I thought, you know, I turned out okay. Uh, and none of you in here really know me, so I can say that and not have to worry about it too much. Uh, and as far as I know, only one of my friends that played guns with us uh, posts pictures of his assault rifle that's sitting on his patio table on his Facebook page. 
so for the most part, uh, to my knowledge, we all turned out okay. Uh, my father trusted me to know the difference between pretend violence and real violence. Uh, and so I decided at that moment to do the same for my son and to let him and to trust that he was going to understand the difference between pretend violence uh, and real violence. And that when uh, my kids are exposed to the real violence that is out there in this world, because they will be, it's going to happen at some point, that uh, as their father, I will be there to help them comprehend and to understand it. Thank you. What a great story from Graham. And it's his first time doing anything like this. And so we were pretty proud of him. One of the questions I often get about Madison Story Slam from people is, how can we help support what you're doing? And like I said at the top of the show, if you go to patreon.com slash madisonstoryslam, you can give on a continual monthly basis. But if you're just looking for a one-time way to help, why don't you go to madisonstoryslam.bandcamp.com where you can purchase one of our best of CDs. Purchasing those CDs help us grow and help get our name out there. Here's our next storyteller, Ryan Hack. I have it on full authority from my fifth grade daughter that the story I'm about to tell you is, is great. So be prepared to uh, have some fun. So anyway, uh, actually, so before I get to my story, um, I did have the opportunity to tell it to my fifth grade daughter this morning because we went to a basketball tournament for her, uh, and it was amazing because my daughter doesn't stop talking. Um, so she could talk for the entire hour drive and not have had me say anything. So if you want to know anything about DeAnthony and his dating situation with Alexa, or DeAnthony and his dating situation with Zoe, or DeAnthony and his dating situation with Roy, wait, Roy? I don't think that's it. But if you get the uh, pattern here, DeAnthony's like slow as a roll. Um, he also swears a lot apparently, so DeAnthony's not great. But uh, as I was talking to her, my wife texted me and was like, dude, you got to ask her her thoughts on kissing. <laughs> and so I did, and it was the best 10 minutes of my life. Like, sorry, babe, but it really was the best 10 minutes ever. Some highlights real quick. She says, I mean, Dad, seriously, why do I want someone breathing into my mouth? And why do they want me breathing into their mouth? It's so gross. She goes, and then some people... They French kiss and they put their tongues on their other person's tongue? And like, I barely like my tongue in my own mouth. Why do I want to put it in somebody else's mouth? And why do they want my tongue in their mouth? It's like, no, you are right. All of these things are true. And then she goes, uh, she goes, listen, Dad. She's very dramatic. Listen, Dad, I know someone who tasted their own pee when they were little. Why would I want their mouth on my mouth? And I was like, again, you're nailing it. You're right. Kissing's the worst. And I was like, so is that what you're going to do like when you start dating? Like the first question is like, listen, I'm not judging. I don't care where or when. Have you tasted your own pee? Because if so, we're done. We're just, we're done here. It's no, no again, no judgment. Um, so she's not into kissing, and then she said, uh, in fact, I'm not going to kiss anybody until after I have kids. <laughs> and she goes, and I know how kids are made, and it is disgusting, but I will deal with it, but I'm not kissing until after I have kids. And I was like, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. This is amazing. 
Uh, and so, so it was great. So, uh, and, and I told it to her because the, the story takes place when I was in fourth grade. Uh, I was in fourth grade. I liked this girl named Jacqueline. She was shorter than me, which was great because I was super short. Uh, still am. But that's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and she apparently liked me too, which is great. Uh, and so it was the end of winter. We were all outside at recess. We're all bundled up, right? She and her friends are standing against the wall and watching me and my idiot friends do stupid things to try to show off. And at one point, one of my friends uh, says to me, he goes, dude, you got to ask her out. And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, like, to be my girlfriend? Because we can't really go out. We're in fourth grade. And he's like, yeah, ask her to be your girlfriend. Just ask her to go out. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that, actually. And he's like, no, you have to. He's like, just ask her out. And then he starts chanting, ask her out, ask her out. And then all my dumb friends are like, ask her out, ask her out. And then they start ripping all my clothes off, like my hat and my coat, my snow pants. And her friends are like, ask her out, ask her out. And I'm like, fine, will you go out with me? And she's like, yeah. And they're all like, ah. Oh, freak out. And then nothing happened because we're in fourth grade. Right? Like, a relationship, like, sometimes we stood close together, maybe? Like, that was the extent of a relationship, I guess. Um, but it was going well. Uh, and then we went on a field trip to the zoo. And uh, we sat in the same seat on the way to the zoo, which got the biggest reaction from my daughter. I said that, and she just goes, Oh, Dad! You sat in the same seat? I was like, I don't know, that was going to be the most important part of this, but okay. And so apparently that was a big deal. And uh, all of our friends are around. And, and they start, they come up with this idea again, right? And they go, you guys should say that you love each other. And we're like, yeah, I'm probably not going to do that. And they're like, no, you should do it. You should do it. Just say, just say you love each other. Just do it. And we're like, nah, eh, no, that's fine. And so again, with the chanting, do it, do it, do it. And then on a bus, you know, all the seats, like you can bang on the seats. So they're like, do it, do it. And so finally, we're just like, just stop. So we say, you know, oh, I love you. And she says, I love you. And everyone loses their minds. We're like, ah, I said it. And then again, nothing, right? We're in fourth grade. It doesn't really mean anything. And so here we are in this loving relationship in fourth grade. But I have some terrible news. I know. Jacqueline moved. She moved to a different school. But I was determined. I was persistent. I was going to make this work. Even though we would never see each other or talk to each other again, I would make it work. So I sent her a birthday card. And in the birthday card, I put a $1 bill. Because I know what I'm doing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's true. <laughs> and so I'm like, yep, I still got it. Like, we are, we are doing this. And uh, I'm sorry to report, I have more bad news. Um, I, I learned from a friend of hers that at this new school, she, had, she was now smitten. Smitten with a tall boy with red hair. And I am not a tall boy with red hair. And that made me sad. Because I had given her a dollar. 
this was a crime, right? So I wanted, I wanted something to happen, and that thing was I wanted my dollar back because I had been wronged. I mean, who's to say she didn't buy a pack of gum for Mr. Red Hair Tall Kid with my dollar? I'm not gonna stand for that. So the good news is we had a math meet coming up and here's the deal, I have no idea how this played into the story. I was not a mathlete. It's the only math meet I'd ever been to. I liked math, I was good at it, but I wasn't that. And so I showed up and it was like, it was kind of like West Side Story without dancing or music um, because it was just me and my friends and then her and her new friends at her new school and we're in this huge room, right? And uh, <laughs> so stupid. And so my group of friends and her group of friends go to the middle of the room to, you know, get the transaction over with. Like, we got you, hack. We got you. We're going to get your dollar back, hack. It's all good. We didn't talk like that in any way. But I was like, all right, cool. So I remember, like, seeing her, and we're both just like, what is happening right now? But they got my dollar back. They brought it back to me. It's very dramatic. Sure, all her friends are hugging her. All mine are like patting me on the back. <laughs> like, yeah, man, we got it back. We got it back. It's over. It's over, man. It's over. And I was like, this is the greatest moment of my life. Finally did it. And then from that moment on, I never said the words, I love you, to another person ever again. That's not true at all. <laughs> but I got my dollar back, and that was the big deal. So thank you, guys. Hey, that's going to do it for us today on Madison Story Slam. And uh, hope you had a great time and learned something from Graham and Ryan. What that something might be, nobody knows but you. Once again, if you want to do us a huge favor, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts app or iTunes. Uh, Those help a ton. A five-star rating would be the best, but I'm not going to beg uh, if, we, if you think we're deserving of five stars, then go ahead, give us five stars. If not, maybe we can uh, make it up to you next week or our next episode. Because actually, we have an episode coming out on Thursday of this very same week. One more reminder that on Friday, February 8th, we have the Story Slam theme, Best Date, Worst Date. And on that Story Slam, we're teaming up with the McFarland Public Library. That's where we'll be. We'll be in McFarland. So come out for that one. February 16th at the Wilmar Center, our theme is Scars. And then March 16th, also at the Wilmar Center, the theme is Courage. Head to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash MadisonStorySlam for more info on those events and all of the upcoming events that we're putting on. Thanks for tuning in. Check out our YouTube channel. And as always, I love you.